Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. And show the world your heart. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. Welcome. You're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Our underwriters for Art in the Air are Valparaiso University's Brower Museum, regional art patron Mary LeVan, and our landlord, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments. Thank you for your generous support. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thanks to Greg Kovach, WVLP's station manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations at Lakeshore Public Radio. Art in the Air streams live at WVLP.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or sending us information about your arts, arts-related event, exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com, or through our Facebook page. Art in the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art in the Air, Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com slash AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an Art on the Air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so so we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight, no stranger, especially if you hear the opening and closing of our show and sometimes music that we add to it, the one and only, the great uh, jazz pianist, uh, Billy Foster. He's going to tell us about what he's got coming up in terms of teaching classes about big band. Billy, welcome back to uh, Art on the Air Spotlight. We love you so much, Billy. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, tell us about uh, what you've got coming up with the class and how it's going to work and when it is and all that. Okay, well, at Indiana University Northwest, they have a program called the CURE program, the Center for Urban and Regional Excellence. And within that program, they have a senior university. And so from time to time, I teach classes in that program. And the class that we have coming up on March 8th, it's Monday, March 8th, and Thursday, March 11th, part one and part two of this program or this class, I'll be teaching uh, the big band era. So we're going to start early 
like around 1920 and talk about the bands that started out uh, in jazz. And we're going to go all up, all the way up to the present day to uh, present bands. And uh, some of the bands we're going to touch on would be like Fletcher Henderson and Duke Ellington and Count Basie, some of the Benny Goodman, some of the earlier bands. And then we'll wind up with uh, bands that are actually playing today, like the Clayton and Hamilton Jazz Orchestra. And uh, actually, the Count Basie band is still around. We had them at Valpo not many years ago. And uh, bands like that that are still playing. And so it's going to be interesting all the way up through the years. Very good. Do you feature any of your music? Uh, no, not not in, on, on this program, I don't. I'd like to say this, too. In, in order to uh, participate, you have to register so that they can send you a link. And so that number to register would be 219-980-6907. Let me say it once again. It's 219 980 six nine zero seven and this would be for the big band jazz classes to say i've i've taken um the last uh series of classes and they were so enjoyable billy you're just so interesting and you impart so much more knowledge about the music it was it's a delightful experience oh well thanks Esther. It's it's really fun for me i really enjoy it is there a cost involved billy no cost at all. Wow, so free. And, and, and normally this is for seniors, but when, when it's on campus and, and the, um, the numbers are limited, but now that we're doing this virtually, I imagine anybody can, can just join us. And what have you been doing with your music lately? Uh, you know, now under COVID and uh, all the things, not being able to get out and perform. Just tell us about how that's impacting you. Well, I... I <laughs> I'm not going out much. There aren't any gigs to play, obviously, no place to play. So I've been practicing a lot and writing uh, a lot. So I am able to take advantage of, of this time that we have off. And you're still doing the Jazz Zone, Billy Foster's Jazz Zone. Right. I'm still doing the radio show. And so that's been fun also. This um, All through February, we're doing like Black History Jazz on the radio show. So we're doing some historical things. I think as we speak, we have an Art Blakey show running. Ooh. <laughs> and, and we not only do we get to hear you, but we get to hear your beautiful wife, Renee, on the radio show. Right, right, right. She helps me out with that. And so both writing and, and uh, doing the actual show. And tell us where the show, if our listeners want to get it, not on online and over the air. Yeah, you can get it at my website at billyfoster.com. It's called the Billy Foster Jazz Zone. And you can get it on WGVE Radio on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 11 to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. The, the, the call numbers are 88.7 FM. Wondering where your CDs are available if anybody wants to pick up some CDs. Well, you can get them online, iTunes, Amazon, places like that mainly. There aren't many record stores left. Uh, <laughs> it's anymore. true, but I would encourage people to check them out. The music is fabulous. 
Well, thank you so much. Well, I mean, Tom Lounges has his little record store and a couple record bin in uh, Hobart and Michigan City. That's so, true. So, I mean, there is a, a resurgence in vinyl. In fact, I donated a whole bunch of my vinyl to him that was in a flood, and I just didn't have time to deal with it and everything, Billy. Oh, boy. Yes. So uh, this is coming up. Uh, your big band class, it starts March 8th. And if you want to enroll, folks, it's uh, 219-980-6907. It's through IU Northwest. And uh, you can get uh, informed about the big band era from uh, Billy Foster. So uh, we hope that's all. We're, that's about all we have for this segment. Hey, Billy, thanks so much. He's the uh, composer, and his wife is the singer on our opening and closing theme song, Thank you so much for being on the Spotlight. Well, thanks for having me. Big hugs, Billy. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. We'd like to welcome to Art on the Air, Carla Staley from Bagatude. These are handbags made with attitude. Uh, she's from Timley Park, Illinois. She likes to create handbags from recycled items such as books, game boards, playbills, magazines, record jackets, photographs, and whatever she can, and uh, makes them. Uh, she started her business in 2002, and uh, she's been doing this for a while and now really continuing on. Welcome, Carla, to Art on the Air. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Aloha, Carla. It's great to see you. Hello. Well, uh, Carla, we'd like our audience to know just a little bit about you. Uh, tell us about your life journey. I always like to say uh, from how you got from where you were to where you are now. You know, everything you want to tell us about yourself. Sure. It's like anything in life. It's been an evolution from, you know, um, growing up. I've always been interested in arts and crafts, um, sewing, although with my handbags, there isn't a large portion that's sewn. But always creating things. Um, I believe when I was a little girl, I had a favorite pair of tennis shoes and I worked so hard to recreate them because I really loved them. Um, I would make furniture for my dollhouse out of um, cereal boxes and anything that I could find. So I've always had a passion for creating things. Um, I'm married with um, three wonderful children who actually we've have grown with me through these last 20 years in business. Um, it's been a really fun journey, um, making the handbags and getting to know the whole art process. Um, we, I don't know what else to say. Well, um, Carla, what was, what was that very first, um, what, so, so tell us about how it started though. Like where, oh, sure. where did that first, uh, idea come from? Sure, sure. Um, our son uh, played softball with um, in junior high. And at the time there was uh, cigar box purses were becoming very popular. And so I had um, thought, you know, that's a really cute purse. I can I can do that. So I made purses out of cigar boxes, entered them into shows, um, expanded on um, the engineering with them to make them more durable, finish the insides um, really nicely. And then from there, there was an evolution towards um, uh, non-smoking items. Uh, high school kids couldn't carry purses that were related to smoking. There was that whole um, campaign against smoking. So then it was a time to look to other items that could be created into purses. And that would be hardcover books because I wanted to stay with the recycling idea. So I went to hardcover books, but hardcover books 
have um, a very narrow spine on them unless you use like a big encyclopedia. Um, so that spine tells you how wide your purse can be so that you're very limited in what you can do. Plus, they didn't close. There was no way for you to add a top to it to make it close. So that brought me to game boards where they can be manipulated, where they could be cut into pieces, joined together with, um, and then bordered because you had to use, you know, a different material to make them look correctly. Then um, we could add a top to it so that it would close. And then once we've determined how to make the sides of it, with fabric and um, chipboard, then we could use that same technique to anything. Um, and then moving from there to soft covered things, um, then you could add a piece to make the top so it would close, if that makes any sense. Um, sure. You could add, add to it to make it close. You could make the spine wider so the bottom could be bigger. And then from there, the playbills, and then all the theater connections, and then it just just took off. So many custom pieces. When you can work with a piece of paper, that piece of paper could be anything. It could be a photograph. It could be a magazine cover. It could be, um, I did a, a picture that a, a child had drawn for her best friend. You're my best friend. Three pieces of paper and turned it into a purse and she gave it to her for her birthday. So once that technique was perfected and it was perfected over 20 years, every, every time, you know, you got better, you found something that worked and it just got better. And then it just exploded with custom pieces and the shows and it went from there. So what was the first, um, what was the first show? Because we met, I don't know, I want to say seven plus years ago at sure. one of a kind. Yes. Um, and that's yes. where I met you and your mother, who is so completely charming and such oh. an, I know she's such an integral part of the business. You know? <laughs> she has been, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the first show actually was uh, the uh, fall, winter show at uh, Andrew High School in Tinley Park. And uh, our, our, we had a table. We didn't have a very good spot in the show because as a new artist, you kind of right. <laughs> politics come into play. And But people found us. And a lot of the people who are the customers would ask us if we were local. And I said, oh, we're so local that I'm probably standing in front of my kid's locker. So... <laughs> So from there, then into bigger shows, uh, the Lamb's Farm Show, um, some of them at the convention centers. And then we started um, getting into the bigger shows. Um, one of a kind was several years down the road. That's a big, expensive show. And you need to really be established before you can do a show like that. Um, we started traveling then. Um, the winter Season in Chicago is kind of dead as far as shows goes, but Florida had a has an art circuit. Texas, California, bit like figured out how to ship and travel. Um, my tent was um, a carry-on piece that, in without the fabrics over the tent, it was exactly fifty pounds. The frame was exactly fifty pounds, so I could put that on the airplane. 
ship my fabrics and my purses. And then when I got there, you know, everything was together and did the show and hopefully judged it well enough that I had little inventory to bring back with me. And, um, and it was a blast. I mean, it was just so much fun. And then mom traveling with me as well. And uh, yeah, that helps because it's an exhausting, I don't think everybody realizes how exhausting the show circuit is. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have always said that, uh, that somebody should do a, a, a show on that PBS or something <laughs> should do the art show because from, from just getting the stuff there and then setting up and getting ready and battling the weather or the elements and, and, uh, and then doing the show, breaking it down, catching a flight home or jumping in the car and driving maybe four hours before you're dead, not dead, but you're physically exhausted. And then it's time to stop for the night before you continue driving. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a grueling. It's, a it's really grueling. It is, but, but it is so, a lot of fun. <laughs> so rewarding. Absolutely. Yes. It's so much fun. Yeah. One question I have is, did you have any art background training? Did you study that in school either? None. Uh, no, none not, not at all. Not at all. I actually was uh, an insurance agent and I was, um, when I, when I started working on purses, it started off as a hobby and then it kind of transitioned into hobby with a full-time job. And then it went from hobby to part-time job. And then it was full-time, full-time purses. So with the transition. So no, it's I've always just been crafty and, you know, just intrigued by how things are put together. And so when it came came down to making something like that, it was uh so what is so um do you get a lot of care packages from people who send you things or how did you amass your your playbills and what makes you choose what to do? I mean, I'm sure popularity of a certain thing has because I know you've mentioned like the Harry Potter books were sure. kind it, of that's a, exactly it. Yes. Um Harry Potter, Harry Potter and Hamilton right there were the top ones. And so to get those playbills and of course, nothing is reproduced. They're all originals. So it would involve going to the theater and helping to clean up after the show and <laughs> scooping up as many as I could. And then each one of those were turned into handbags. Mm. Um, couple times I did like single day trips to New York, uh, Southwest. My husband had points, got the early morning flight from Chicago, New York, did the matinee picked up a bunch of playbills. I brought a friend one time. She went to Phantom. I went to Wicked. <laughs> we could, got the last flight and headed home. So we made it fun. But but that's that's how we got them. The books too, secondhand shops. And, and then people would send us some things as well um, if they wanted a custom purse. Um, some authors have sent me their own book jackets and those were turned into purses for them. Um, there was another artist who did it when she had a book coming out, she would have a purse made and then she would put it on her Facebook site and auction it off. So to build publicity for, for her, um, for her book. You did that with Tony Hawk too, right? Wasn't there a publicity? Tony Hawk, yes. They sent me autographed posters um, for that and they were turned into handbags and then auctioned off to benefit his charity out in LA. Same with the band um, Switchfoot. 
they too sent me band posters and uh, made them into handbags. It's such a, it's such a great, what a great, what a great thing to do. Yes. A lot of that just comes from being at the shows and meeting people and just people would come into the booth and be so excited to see a Nancy Drew book, um, a Marshall Fields shopping bag purse, um, Monopoly, Scrabble, little golden books. I mean, everything that we had in the booth spoke to spoke to just about everybody on some level. It's and true. I, I couldn't resist the Marshall Fields bag because of the <laughs> memories. I mean, that was like the first, you know, grown up shopping experience, you know. Absolutely. And then that to have it commemorated that, in a handbag. Right. Yes. That green bag was just yes. yeah. iconic for okay. sure. So from there, you know, people would, you know, they would buy gifts for, you know, for friends. Most most of the handbags were for gifts. People would buy it for themselves, but a lot of it was for gifts. And uh, my mom and I would say on Christmas morning, we would, you know, just settle down with a cup of coffee and cheers and say, do you know how many people were making so happy today because somebody is giving them a gift that they can't wait to give to that person because they know it's going to be so special and so well received. Right. And you say you, you were like, a did about a thousand purses a year. So that's a lot yes. of happy people, a lot of happy people. And also happy. like we should, you know, since we don't have video, the purses, um, the, the bag itself is very unique, but also the handles are beautiful with beads. And um, I know some of them had cloth straps, but the yes. beads are, Beads made them like jewelry, almost. Exactly, exactly. So those were on um, a basic handle frame. It was a plain handle frame, and then each one was hand-beaded. So um, to find to find beads, it needed a large hole bead. So to find a bead large enough to go over the handle was tricky, for one. And then every bead was a different size. So it was tricky to get the right combination of color, and, and bead sizes to fit the stationary frame. So that was kind of a just something that made it look cool, but without realizing that that was way more difficult than what it actually looked. Then the quality was just, you know, beyond impeccable. You know, oh, they're just really you. beautiful pieces of art. Thank you. Carla, you are in Florida right now, but you're from Tinley Park, and you're also familiar with Doonlin. But one of the questions I'd like to ask you is, how's this uh, COVID-19 pandemic affected you? Well, personally, and obviously you can't exhibit business-wise. And the other thing is, is what are you looking forward to after it's over? Good question. I think the pandemic has made um, a lot of artists step back. Obviously, some of the art shows either are non-existent. And typically when you jury for an art show, that's um, usually six months to a year process out. So the first year of the pandemic, um, most shows were booked and then there was a, you know, are they gonna go ahead with the show? Will there be refunds? And you have quite a bit of capital tied up in jury fees and shows. So financially that's kind of a, um, an issue with that. Um, now that the pandemic is here, um, a lot of artists have changed to online formats and selling. Um, that's a format that I have actually kind of stayed away from, which 
Regret, yes, maybe, but maybe no. Um, all my pieces are one of a kind. So to make a piece and put it on the website would involve a really good website for one <laughs> and two, a lot of work to do that. And then when the piece sells, taking it down from the website and mailing the logistics, just the logistics. And over the years, I chose really not to address that part of the business. I wanted to just make purses, go to the shows, meet the people and sell them. Um, moving forward now, I think art shows are going to be more and more virtual. Um, I do think that there's still an audience of people who are hungry to get back to a show. There's just that connection that you can make with an artist that isn't there on a virtual format. So I guess my answer is we'll see. Um, I've kind of stepped away for the last year or so, but as I'm speaking to you today and have been thinking about the business again, I find that I'm getting more excited about, about it Maybe and realizing custom, that I miss. Like, dip back into it with custom pieces if they come. I miss you know. it. I do. And, uh, and I still have my foot in the door. I mean, I have certain, I have, did, have done a lot of work for actors on Broadway. And if any of them call, I mean, I would, I'll. You're back in production. I'm back in business, you know, <laughs> but uh, to do shows, I do have some shows that I'm able to get back into without a problem. Um, yeah. So is your is your studio in your home or do you have a separate studio? to? No, nope, it's in my home. It is in my home. And there was a time when I looked into having a studio and I had um, looking to have other people work with me. I mean, I had some college students help me out through a couple summers, but um but I found that by having a studio and having people working with you, I was losing the flexibility in my own schedule. And when you're trying to balance your art with three teenage sons who are traveling and husband and obligations with family, it was quite a dance. So I was better off working in my home, maybe working till two o'clock in the morning, maybe got, getting up Always. at seven, you know, where you can be flexible about your time. But that means that you're working, you're mostly working all the time. You know, people think that when you're a business for yourself, you can just kick back and, you know, let it go. It's not like that at all. You're, no, you have, you actually put more hours in because you're right there. There's no shut off. You yeah. do. And you're constantly thinking, you know, what can I do? How can I get this done? What about this idea when I want to take a chance to explore this? So, yeah, it's uh, no, I've always worked work from home. And that's when mom's come in. She's um, worked with me um, after my dad passed. I started working at her house. So that way she didn't travel to my house. I was working at her house. So the shop was in the basement. And we would work together and, and um, yeah. How spe that's like such special time because the couple, the couple times I've met her, you know, she's just such a joy and she really brought so much to that experience. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And that was part of the stepping back for a little while is that she was still able to keep up. She would never tell you that she couldn't keep up, but I know that the, the day would come where she wouldn't be able to be with me. And I thought, I don't think I can do a show without her. So I'm going to 
wind it down, you know, now. And as it turned out, it's been not a good thing, but the, the pandemic has kind of been good timing for me to have taken a step back. So you should get some of those boys of yours, those teenagers, use their muscles and have them go with you. You're right. You would think, but they want nothing to do with purses. So it's pretty funny. All the boys and moms, the purse maker, but their girlfriends and now wives thought they were pretty cool. I bet. So you tell us a little bit about some of the Broadway connections you had with your purses. I met an actor who was just upcoming at a show in Minnesota years ago. And um, he came into my booth and he asked if I would make his cast gifts. I had no idea what that involved. And as it turned out, you know, when uh, when a show finally opens on Broadway, after it goes through a series of previews, um, they have a big party and then they gift each other. So I made gifts for every member of the cast. And that's everybody. Everybody you see listed on the playbill gets something. So it was uh, handbags, um, satchels. It was um, like Playbills, file storage boxes, but it, and then everything was personalized with uh, headshots and bios of all the actors. Wow. And then they saw them and thought, oh, my mom would love this purse. <laughs> so they commissioned more purses. So um, my the last uh, set of cast gifts I did was for the cast of Ain't Too Proud, which would still be on Broadway had it not be for the um, pandemic. Um, I did something for the whole cast of Beautiful. So when they performed at the Tonys, it was so cool to look at them on TV and know that every single one of them had something that I made. So that was really a nice Very movie. wonderful. Yes. yes. So what are you looking forward to doing after the pandemic? <sighs> I'm not sure. Um, we're, I mean, something artsy, but I'm not sure what that's going to be. Um, in this last year, we've had um, a couple weddings. We've had three new grandbabies. Oh, so congratulations. Kind of, thank you. Kind of focus on the family right now. Um, tons of projects that I've wanted to get to, but haven't had the time to. So um, just stitchery, needle arts, um, building stuff. I rehabbed a house. Um, just... It's just stuff like that. That's big. All of that's it's big. big. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's been a busy pandemic year, I should say. You uh, anxious to get back home from uh, uh, from uh, Florida? I am. I'm a little bit homesick. I'm going to be home next week, and uh, just I still need to take down the Christmas decorations because we we left, and so so go home and do that. Um, are the are the grand are the grandchildren nearby or they are they yeah. are yes yes so we've been we've been really uh, really lucky yeah absolutely if someone wants to commission how would they get in touch with you I mean, and uh, you know how's that process work they could uh, they could email me um, I've been having issues with my Bagatube website which I need to look into when I get back home um, but for now they can just email me at my name Carla Staley. That's Carla with a K at Comcast.net. And I'd be happy to talk to them about uh, any commission pieces that they're interested in. And we'll have a link to that uh, on your picture on the website. They'll take them to, oh, to that. Thank you. That'll, that'll work. And, and you do have a website. So what is that? Uh, I would be bagswithattitude.com. 
But again, it's uh, got some issues that I need to look into. So. <laughs> And you said you were familiar with the Duneland area, uh, like the lake, lake shore here and everything? Yes. Actually, we, uh, we have a home in Tinley, but we moved to uh, Porter, Indiana about a year ago. So we've been enjoying being in Porter and uh, being out by the dunes. We're boaters as well. And uh, yeah, we're, we're loving being out in northwest Indiana. Yeah, you're a neighbor of mine. I'm in Chesterton here, so we're not oh, too far away. Oh, nice. How long have you been in Chesterton? I've been five years, but I've lived in northwest Indiana all my life, Highland, and I've worked nice. in Munster. So. Nice. So. It's not going to be a secret anymore, the way we're talking. I uh, hope not. So, Well, Carla, it's, <laughs> we really appreciate you being on Art in the Air uh, with her bagitude. You can see her information uh, on our website. You can link from her picture and uh, everything. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you Thank very you, much. Carla. Take care. Thank you. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. And we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air a tree-hugging, dirt-loving ceramicist. Uh, she likes to incorporate her adventures of nature into her work. All her pieces are handcrafted out of uh, porcelain clay. Uh, she's in Garfield Park, Indianapolis, and uh, she's raised a Hoosier and has a passion for creating art since she's a child. Please welcome to Art in the Air, Jennifer Meeker. Welcome. Hi. Aloha, Jennifer. It's good to see you. <laughs> you as well. Well, Jennifer, our audience would like to hear about your journey a little bit. Tell us about uh, uh, where you grew up. Uh, it says you've been a Hoosier all your life, but you know where you grew up, where you went to school, what you did, uh, and uh, family, if you wish. Uh, tell us how you got from where you were to where you are now. So I grew up in a little suburbia town uh, by Indianapolis called New Palestine, and I have always been involved in the arts since a young child. I remember even driving the or riding the bus when I was uh, in elementary school early to go do art for two hours before anybody else did in a visual arts class. So I've always been involved in arts from drawing Beanie Babies as an eight-year-old to now creating <laughs> ceramics that looks like birch trees. So I have always been uh, fascinated with being outdoors. I was even just telling somebody the story the other day that I had a secret hiding spot in my backyard. My backyard had a creek with a bridge and all sorts of um, places for a child's imagination to go. And I would sit and play my secret hiding spot and play. I think I called it living off of the land. <laughs> and so I'd act like I was like living off the land of my backyard and making apple slushies and stuff. So that uh, a lot of, you know, my childhood has really developed into who I am as an adult. Now I quite literally do forest frolic and tree hug. And I love to be outside and I love to incorporate my natural lifestyle and love for the outdoors into my ceramic work. Excellent. Well, that is what your ceramic work is all about. <laughs> Excellent. So tell us a little bit, where were you went to school, uh, things like that? Uh, so I went to a New Palestine High School. I graduated in 2005, and then I uh, transitioned to Heron School of Art at IUPUI in Indianapolis, and that's where I received a BFA in ceramics and photography. And then after that, I moved to made the journey to downtown Indianapolis and started seeking my uh, independent or my business by myself in 2012. And here I am today. Excellent. Hey, I want to ask you a little bit about the photography. Um, so what, what photography have you done? Because that's one of my fields also. So I did. So my dad uh, was a freelance photographer in the 90s. And so I 
you know, at a pretty young age had a camera and was always had a good mentor and a good influencer. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I got into photography. And I also taught a photography class at a YMCA camp for five years. And then I got the BFA in, in photography and I did more fine art photography. So I did like conceptual art. I was very much darkroom based. Um, I didn't do very much digital photography until my senior year. I did a lot of video work. I loved stop a- action animation as well. Um, right now I don't really pursue photography as like a career, but it is so beneficial in my current field now because I can, I photograph my work and it kind of feeds that, feeds that other passion of photography. <laughs> you know, if I bring my nice camera on the hikes with me, I'm like, yes. And I get to photograph my work and I feel like my work is modeling when I photograph it. So it feeds that other passion. Nikon or uh, Canon? Say it again. Nikon or Canon? Uh, uh, I actually have an Olympus. Okay. <laughs> well, they were the developer of the CMOS sensor, which is what uh, actually launched Canon uh, into the the major digital. So. Yeah, I do have. I did have a Nikon beforehand before okay. my Olympus. So tell us about ceramics a little bit. How that uh, developed from uh, your also other passion. So I did mess with ceramics um, when I was a child in uh, in the visual arts program when I was in elementary school. And then when I went to, when I was in high school, they had a potter's wheel and my art teacher had no idea how to use a potter's wheel. So I kind of fiddle faddled with it for a little while and got frustrated quite a bit. And then when I went to Heron, I took a ceramic class having no idea I'd get a ceramics degree. I was actually going for a fine arts degree or I think it was photography at the time. And I uh, got on the potter's wheel and I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. It was, it was just. Was it kick wheel or kick wheel or electric? Electrics. <laughs> Not kick, kick wheel. Uh, I use that electricity. <laughs> uh, um, like even I, in elementary, even in high school, though, did they have electric? Yeah. Yeah. They had one electric oh, wheel. Oh, Wow. Um, but I just got on that wheel and I just picked it up. I even, I even remember like my second ceramics class, my professor wanted to use me as an example on how to throw the project was a perfect plate. And he wanted to use me as it, as the example to throw the perfect plate. And I just, it was something I just picked up really quickly. And when you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, one of the things I, I just really admire about you so much is you have like such a dedicated determination with everything you do. Did you, do you think you had that since childhood really? Because it seems like you just like you want a garden and you just full force go into it and you want to do a mural and you're just like, or fix something. I mean, you're just like so passionate about all the things that you, I mean, just, you're just a passion. You're just passionate about so many different things, but Thank you. Um, I always say this, um, my passion, my drive, and uh, just kind of going full throttle on things, I feel like comes a lot from my influencers, such as my mom and both my grandmothers are very uh, independent women. I mean, um, so I... We we interviewed grandma. (laughs) Yes. And my mom, like, she decided just to build a deck one day. (laughs) 
Go for it. Well, see, that makes so much sense because I watched, you know, I watched that whole garden and all the projects that you do, you know, it's just like, I really felt, I mean, you just, you really do throw yourself into them and, and they just come out brilliantly. I really go to the beat of my own drum. Like if I kind of like, I'll use this for an example. I have a, a lot of back issues and they were like, don't run. And I was like, okay, I ran a marathon a year later. <laughs> I just have this like go, just this at this is attitude of like nothing's gonna stop me, and I really won't let anything stop me if I want to succeed, and I just keep going. I see you like to backpack and do things like that. So tell us a little bit about where you go. Uh, you know, uh, doing that. Uh, you know, in 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 Indiana and even beyond. So I got into backpacking. Uh, was it 2017? And I did my first backpacking trip in Colorado. And the first night was a little rough, but after that, I was like, uh, this is it. Like, there's just something so unreal that you won't experience unless you're in the middle of nowhere. No, no civilization, no road is for miles, and you're really in pure solitude. And it's just such a satisfying feeling to. And it's not, it does get, you know, scary at one point. You're like, oh gosh, I, I'm not close to anything. Like, what if something happens? And you get over that real quick. But it's just something about staring at a lake that is 17 miles away from any road and you can only get to it by foot and staring at, at this uh, lake and with mountains behind it. And you can't experience that. I don't know, just that feeling from a, from a car. And so I really enjoy the the physical exercise with backpacking. I love the sights that I that I see. Uh, since I just started backpacking, I haven't gone too many places, but just to name a few, it's the Smoky Mountains, Utah, Hawaii was amazing on the lava fields. That was like I've never heard silence before. I'm pretty sure I heard my brain like <laughs> that was so quiet. Um, that was a really neat experience. Um, I am probably going to go back to Utah this year. Um, I backpack a couple places in Indiana and I just, there's so many more places that I want to explore. So part of Utah, uh, I've been to, I went to Zion. That was my most recent in October, 2019. Um, and then I did arches national park. That was really, really (laughs) neat. Uh, I want to go back this year, hopefully on a road trip this spring and go to uh, maybe Bryce canyon or somewhere about their dinosaur national monument that was really neat and it wasn't very i like to go places where there's not a lot of people which is why i like to backpack and so dinosaur national monument was had a lot of solitude a lot of quiet and serene places have you ever been up here by the in the dunes and uh, gone through some of the trails up here yeah actually i uh, took my boyfriend up there for his birthday in october and we stayed at the uh one of the campgrounds and we did night hiking, which I had never done. And that is a whole different experience. <laughs> we walked from our campground to, um, uh, I can't remember what beach it is, but it's like the best beach to go stargazing. And we got to the point where we had so much night vision. We didn't need anything. We just used the, the moonlight and walked and listened to like the perfect music. And it was just such an experience going there out on the beach and, you could see the stars for just forever and the dunes because the dunes is one of the darkest places in Indiana and the best places to see the stars. And 
he's a big, really into stargazing and astrophotography. So I thought that was perfect. That was an experience. Well, sounds magnificent. I know I shot the uh, comet from the uh, um, overlook there. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately, it was just a little bit of a haze, so I didn't get the clearest shot. But yeah, I that comet that we had uh, some time ago, I went out and this summer and shot that. Uh, I know what you mean. There is still quite a bit of light pollution, uh, especially from Chicago even and, and Michigan City between those two. But I know what you mean. It's just really an interesting view. How does how does uh, your outdoor life influence your art? Um. Always. <laughs> I cannot go anywhere without being like, oh, this is a cool bark texture. Mm-hmm. Like, I get inspirations all the time. Um, my most recent inspiration, oh, the Upper Peninsula was the most re- recent backpacking trip, and I found a uh, pink birch tree. And, uh, so I, I can't quite get the color right, but I'm going to get it right this year. And it was um, just the way that the bark was and just the, that trip it was i think my longest backpacking trip solo by myself and uh so i i get influenced by trees that i see all the time and my inspiration is just there's so many different ideas that i have it's just the ideas are always flowing and, and going into my ceramic work you're listening to art on the air wvlp 103.1 fm and on lakeshore public radio 89.1 FM. So Jennifer, can you kind of briefly talk about the process of what you do? I mean, to create your, like one, one, what gave you the idea to mix the, the bark, the carving? Cause your mugs and your work is, it's all this hand carving to put the, the bark texture on the ceramics. But what, what was the inspiration to put the industrial rivets and, and different elements? Um, to combine them. So in school, Heron, uh, you know, it's all based on conceptual art. So you got to have a concept behind your art. And I was trying to figure out what I was passionate about. And I've always been passionate about, like, you know, the saving the planet and, you know, recycling and just taking care of something that's been given to us. And I feel like that man or us as a society has can have a quite a negative effect on it. And so I came up with the idea of man versus nature and this whole concept started with the image. If you could just imagine uh, a, a just a, a side view of a, a man's face and then a tree coming out of it. And the idea behind that is that we are either with nature or against nature. And so we can come up with things that are, is it really nature if it's uh, a constructed landscape in a downtown city or in a downtown Indianapolis and all the trees are in a straight line. Like, are, are we trying to recreate nature? Is this, what, what are we doing? And then we, you know, try to take care of it, but then we destroy it. And it's just, uh, I feel like it's a constant conflict. So that's where I got the idea of the industrial and the wood effects together. Also the telephone poles is a big one because I sat or I stood there and stared at a telephone and had epiphany in 2013. <laughs> and I was like, telephone pole. They are used to be trees and now they're standing like a tree with no bark on them. And they are used to, for like our necessity to live for man, for, for man, for society and humankind. And then that kind of idea. And then all the nails and the staples on them is just, <laughs> I, I, one of those weirdos just like bed the telephone pole like, ah. <laughs> Honoring that tree, it, it honoring that tree. Uh-huh. 
And so, um, boy, I wish some, I just, with so many of our guests, I wish we had visual sometimes. So how, so I wish they could see, well, they'll have to go to your website and everything because your glazes Uh are so wonderful. And I, I hope that they, um, I love that you post videos of you actually creating them because Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody realizes the amount of labor that, that goes into it and your piece especially because you're not you, you know you're not done once it's leather hard I mean that's just like when all the the real work starts to to mm-hmm. happen so um, yeah the process like there I, I I have to say being ADD and multitasking ceramics is the best thing because I need to be working on multiple things at the same time because like uh, I'm gonna work tomorrow I have to have 20 pieces already thrown on the wheel so I can work on them tomorrow. And so I have to have work always rotating and always something to work on. Like these handles, I make these handles. I got to have them dry for an hour in order to have the handles dry enough to put them on. So there's just a lot of organization, a lot of planning, and a lot of self-discipline with being an artist and being a ceramic artist. Oh, yeah. You've got that production thing down because you just, I mean, it's just so phenomenal to be like, oh, my gosh, she just did 80 of them. (laughs) It's the especially right now, I call it my hibernation. I just want to hibernate and work. And I do that. And then I'm like, I have not eaten for eight hours. I know. I was just going to ask you, do you have do you have dedicated time that you do it? I mean, is it do you say I'm going to work from like whatever time in the morning to whatever time or it's pretty, it's pretty flexible. I, right now I'm working later. I've been trying to get up at like eight 39 o'clock and then I'll do some social media stuff and get down about 11 and then I'll try to work 11 right now. I'll work 11 AM till when I'm done. I teach a couple lessons. Um, the other night I was working till 1 AM cause I was just on a roll and I just kept working. And that's the thing is I can work late and then just wake up later. Right. (laughs) That's the thing with an artist. You got to take advantage of that, that drive and that fuel that you have because you can really be productive. And I really want to be productive right now. So I have more time off in the summer and and such. You know, you talked about uh, hibernation a little bit, but tell us a little bit about how COVID has influenced you, uh, both personally, you know, how it affects you, you know, how you feel about things, but also your work. And I guess the second part of that question is what are you looking forward to do when it's all passed? I think the the biggest challenge with COVID is probably I am a social butterfly and I work alone and I'm alone a lot. And that's been, uh, I've learned to entertain myself quite a bit and just make myself laugh. Um, so that's been the, I guess the challenge personally is making sure that I make that conscious effort to be social as safely as I can. Cause you know, I have a lot of different circles and I can't always hang out with all those different circles and commingle them. Um, so personally, it's been a little bit isolating. Uh, business-wise, it's affected me in that way, too, because I am a social butterfly. So doing art shows, it kind of feeds that extrovert's self that I have. And not having art fairs, I started being online more in social media and trying to connect with my customers, connect with people online. And that changed my platform so much of being on my phone and on my computer so much through my online shop. And it really just changed my business platform instead of doing art fairs. So what I look forward to now is doing art fairs, being on the road and traveling and connecting with people face to face. Like it, 
when I see my collectors come back to my booth and they're like, I have your mug and it's, uh, 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 and they just tell me all these great stories. And they're like, we give hugs and it's just, it just warms my heart because that tells me that what I wanted to do is create something not only that I love and that I think is beautiful, but something else that somebody else that thinks it's beautiful and somebody that has brought them happiness, which sounds like so cliche, but <laughs> I have the, I have your driftwood mug and I just adore it. It just yeah. feels good. It looks beautiful. Uh-huh. It makes me so happy. Exactly. That's what I love. <laughs> so tell us about, uh, did your grandmother, who is a well-known artist, Barbara Meeker, who's an instructor, <laughs> has she had any, is, has that been any inspiration or influence for you? Uh, she's been more than anything, like a big cheerleader for me. She's always supported me and always, has been uh, encouraging, positive encouragement. She has just had nothing but positive things to say about what I'm doing and always thinks that I'm going to be going far with what I have been doing. I think the the great way to sum that up is she's just been a really good cheerleader and also an inspiration as well to have my grandmother be an artist. I mean, that's pretty cool. Well, we've had her on the show and I've known her for quite a few years when I was at the Center for Vision Forming Arts there and she was very active there. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, yeah, she's a, a wonderful lady. So apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Well, so, so Larry, you'll like this bit. Jennifer and I met at the Chesterton, um, art fair. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's how my grandma got me right. introduced to Chesterton art fair. Are you thinking of doing it this year? Because they are, we are, I'm on the board, so we are, we are venturing out to have our art fair in August. Uh-huh. I am, I've discontinued the Chesterton art fair and have kind of moved on to more different uh, art fairs, just kind of mixing it up. Very good. What are you looking forward to doing um, in general? Have you have any artistic plans uh, other than, other than ceramics? I mean, I see the mural in the background there and everything. Um, the things I'm looking forward to probably is, well, right now I'm producing work that I know sell, sell, sell. So I'm trying to get like, I guess like the chores done first. And then in March, I think is when I'm going to start experimenting more with like my beach tree series, the pink birch tree series. Uh, I want to experiment with a little bit, have a little bit more fluidity of, uh, spending a little bit more time on some new series in March and some new work. Um, the, I just finished a mural in my basement, so that was a new venture. Um, I think just looking forward to just doing arts, art fairs. <laughs> <laughs> I always look forward to when you have a new um, a new product that you introduce or a new design or a new colorway. So I and people I mean, love that. That's what really keeps uh, businesses going. Is the, the, any business is like, okay, what do you got new? What's what's going on new? And so that's what I'm wanting to uh work on i have different sketches like there's a sycamore tree series i have like these cool vases that i want to do that look like a sycamore tree and and such so that's a another different inspiration it's just it's never ending are your pieces found in any galleries or uh shops like that um right now i'm transitioning to looking for some new uh i'm looking for more wholesale but consignment shops because i I'm kind of tr- transitioning out of places that I've been in for a while. Um, I'm in right now. I'm in the uh, the South Shore Arts Gallery up north. I'm also in uh, Needler's Market Grocery Store here in uh, Indianapolis, New Palestine. Um, I'm in uh, a couple other shops around around the around the tri-state area. 
right now I'm hoping to work on a couple wholesale deals um, to hopefully get in some distilleries and breweries as well too. So there's lots of new directions that I want to go as well. So stay tuned. <laughs> well, probably we want to actually take a moment here to find out how people can reach you. You're like your website, uh, email or uh, Instagram, all your social media where they can see your work and maybe get in touch with you. So it's really easy. I am on just about every platform you can find. It's Jennifer Meeker. That's M-E-E-K-E-R Art Ceramics. I'm on Google My Business. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, <laughs> and Etsy is where you can buy my work. And Etsy is an online marketplace for artists because, you know, it's great to support small business because we are the ones that really, really need the help right now through this pandemic. And I, I really appreciate all the support that I've received and very grateful for that. Any final thoughts yeah. here in just a few seconds? Support small business because yeah. we are what is going to keep keep the drive through all this. Well, we really appreciate you coming on Art in the Air. That's Jennifer Meeker. Uh, she's a dirt-loving ceramicist and uh, has a passion for creating art ever since she's a child. And you can see herself on all those websites that she just listed. You know, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on Art in the Air. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. You've been listening to Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP and Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP Station Manager, and Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Underwriters for Art in the Air are Valparaiso University's Brower Museum, our landlord, Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments, and Mary LeVan, Arts Patron. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event, or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H, dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart, express yourself through art, and show the world your heart.